0: This is When Spirit Calls, and you, on your journey, are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning, shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. I'm delighted to introduce our guest today, Jennifer Takagi. After a stellar career in the housing industry, Jennifer fulfilled her dream to start her own business as a speaker and trainer. She is certified as a success principles trainer, a professional behavioral analyst, a change style indicator facilitator, law of attraction advanced wealth practitioner, and coaching specialist. She's also a five-time Amazon Kindle best-selling author. She has facilitated training workshops to the state of Oklahoma, many associations, non-for-profits, federal government agencies, and corporations. Jennifer has traveled the country training teams to work more effectively together. And to date, she has spoken to more than 12,000 leaders and emerging leaders. Most recently, Jennifer has completed the training and practice to become a certified soul care coach. Using this training, she will assist leaders in using intuition to become truly authentic leaders. Welcome, Jennifer. Hello, we are so happy to have you here with us. I am absolutely delighted to have a very special guest today. I mean, they're all special, but Jennifer, who you just learned about, is here with us today. And I'll tell you, when I first met Jennifer and I heard her story, I was so impressed in her ability and how she moved through adversity and how she moved through some of the experiences that she's had in her life. So I'm just delighted to have her here with us today and welcome. Hello, Dan. I'm just so honored to be here. Thanks so much for having me as a guest. It is such a delight. And I already know the story about, well, one of them when spirit called you, but I'd love for you to share with our audience today, what your experience was, what you went through when spirit really spoke loudly to you, um, and and we'll talk a little bit more about what you learned from that, too. So I'm going to leave it over to you or send it over to you so that you can share a bit about your story and what you went through. Awesome. Thanks. I was born
1: on a Monday and my first time in church was the following Sunday. So I've always known God. You can call it Mother Earth, Spirit, whatever. I call him God. And for me, he's a he, but that's not a sexist thing. It just is what your traditions are. And I've always known. And I've always known the power of prayer. I've been disappointed over the years when the answer was no, and later found out that was probably a good response. But the, the time he is talking about that, the story she wanted me to share was probably the biggest, most monumental, impactful event that happened. And I woke up sick. I had been sick a couple days, had bronchitis. Back in the day, you never went to the doctor. You just ate whatever over-the-counter medicine you could get and just got sicker and sicker until, you know, you finally got well. And I had bronchitis and I was sick. And I woke up one morning, Wednesday morning, and I was terrible. I It was all in my chest and my throat and... I kept thinking, I have got to go to work, but God, just feels so bad. And don't judge me, people. Please don't judge me, but I smoked. And when you smoke, it doesn't matter how sick you are. You are going to light a cigarette, and you're (laughs) going to smoke it. But it's a thing. It's a thing. If you've never smoked, good for you, but here's the deal. Quit judging people who do, because once you light one, that's kind of it. So I'm sitting at the kitchen table, smoking cigarettes drinking a glass of juice and I'm debating go to work or stay home and you have that measure am I sick enough to stay home kind of like when you're a kid at school your mom would say you don't have a fever you're going to school
0: right I was
1: like how sick am I and the softest most gentle voice said stay home and take care of yourself and I just felt engulfed in in love and warmth and security and it was like maybe I should stay home and immediately this voice came through that was very harsh it was
0: very critical very judgmental you need to go to work ah that was probably the ego mind right the direct (laughs) ego mind (laughs) and so
1: then the gentle voice steps back in and says stay home take care of yourself then the ego mind Satan Whatever, whomever <laughs> starts in, this is April. You have a deadline of September thirty that nobody in the country is going to make, and you think you are. You better get to work. Uh, a colleague is getting married, and you're on the committee with what well, committee? You're with the group of ga- gals putting the shower together. Yeah. You have a luncheon today. You have got the tablecloth, the paper towel, paper plates, the napkins, everything in your car. Everybody's expecting you to show you have to go to work. Mm. Okay, so not only is the ego being judgmental, I've got my laundry list of things to do. I mean, it just keeps piling on. Mm. And the calm, gentle voice comes back in and says, Stay home and take care of yourself. Mm. So finally, I decided I would compromise. So I called Teresa, my boss's secretary, and she answered the phone and it's probably 730 in the morning. And I was like, oh, Teresa, this is... <laughs> <laughs> and she said, you sound horrible. You're not coming to work, are you? And I said, I'm going to stay home a little longer. I'm going to take a hot shower. I'm going to try to be there by noon for this luncheon meeting. And she goes, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. That was the last time I ever spoke to Teresa. Because a couple hours later at 9.02 a.m., a bomb went off, a truck bomb, and blew up the Oklahoma City-Murrah Federal Building.
0: Ooh, I just want to take a moment there to just let that soak in because like, I'm just covered in goosebumps. And I heard you share the story a couple times now, and I it's still like it just moves me so much because... You were supposed to be there in that building at that time. So it's a pretty powerful, oh my goodness, thank gosh, you listened to that voice that said, stay home and take care of yourself. And I just want to allow the audience a moment to just take that in. Yeah, Jennifer was supposed to go to work and she was sick and she didn't go and a bomb exploded her building where she lost Why don't you share the colleagues that you lost in that experience?
1: Yeah, there were 168 killed in the bombing and there were 35 from my office killed. And we had two new employees that I didn't know and hadn't met. But the other 33, not only did I know, I had worked with and was friends with. So, yeah, it was catastrophic. We had... There was a big early out, early retirement thing that happened in March. And so we had quite a few people that obviously were saved because they had chosen to retire. But we probably had on that day, I'm going to say about 120 employees. Okay. And then 35
0: of them were
1: were killed. were killed. Yeah,
0: But so amazing. These are things that are so miraculous and that you weren't there and you didn't have to experience any death or injury at least but there's trauma still attached to that because you've now lost a lot of people that you knew and cared for and so what was that process like for you after did you go into like grief or denial did you feel guilty that you weren't at work and so you didn't have to be there with all of them what was that aftermath of that I'll start
1: with the survivor's guilt syndrome because that is very true for many people. And it shows up in so many ways. Like I had, I still to this day have people say, I was going to go downtown that day, but I didn't, or I would have been killed too. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then I've had people say, Oh, how guilty you must have felt. How did you move on? Like you had to have been consumed. Well, I'm very fortunate. Again, I already said born on a Monday. First time in church was the next Sunday. And in the Old Testament, which is history versus religion, really, in my opinion, anyway, it says God knew the number of days you would walk this earth before you ever saw one. Mm. So I knew instantaneously once I found out it was actually my building that had been bombed yeah. because originally I was told it was the building across the street. So okay. it took a few minutes to yeah. get the air helicopters in there to show us what had actually happened. Okay. But I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt I was not supposed to be there. So I never had any survivor's guilt. I did have a little situation where... People would say things like, Oh, God saved you for a reason. You're going to do something great with your life. And I was like, Holy crap. I just want to go to work and get a
0: paycheck. Like, (laughs) the pressure pressure of that, right? You survived this and now you're meant to do, right? (laughs) Oh, what we do to ourselves, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. Or let other people do to you because yeah. that never entered my mind. I just
1: knew I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> my parents were out of town. They did not find out until 11 o'clock that night that anything had even happened, much less that their baby was involved. Right. My dad had worked there and he and his best friend had retired about, I don't know how many months apart, but of the 35 people killed, all but the two new people had either been hired by my dad or worked for my dad or worked with him on projects at some point. So my father was impacted as greatly as I was. But it, I mean, now like, you're here for great reasons. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like I did. It was just a, automatic reject button. Fast forward. I'm in a Bible study class because the one thing I couldn't really wrap my head around was why my friends had to die? Like, why was it her day and not mine? Not like I was guilty that I lived, but like the lack of understanding. And I was at this conference and this gentleman said, God is always trying to talk to you. But we have other things going on and we can't hear. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's it. I was sitting at the table, dead silence. I was completely open to whatever came through. There was not a radio on, a TV, nothing. I was by myself. It was perfectly quiet. I could hear. I had friends that were in meetings. They weren't going to be able to hear. I had friends that were on the phone. Like one lady, I have heard this story that literally she was on the phone and the person on the other end said the phone just went dead. And she perished. And so... That gave me an immense amount of comfort to have that understanding that if you're not still and quiet, you can't hear spirits screaming at you. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. I know of at least two people who were in the bathrooms and they were completely uninjured because the bathrooms were interior rooms. They were solid granite. They were completely protected. Uh, Somebody else was in the stairwell. What better place to be than a stairwell? So there were some like, clinky dinky kind of things where people were that survived. But in a situation like that, you can't hear. You can apply that
0: to anything. If you're not still, you can't hear the message. Jennifer, I love where you went with this because I think it's such a profound piece in our world today. And we know that we've gotten caught up in the rat race, haven't we? It's like we're a doing society instead of a being society. And so this idea of this quiet or this stillness for us, I think is so critical. And it's part of the massive shift that's happening globally right now, too. Because I think if one thing COVID did do for us is that it allowed us to go inside a little bit. It allowed us to have some of that more quiet. We weren't driving to get to work, we weren't doing all the things that we normally would do, right? And so it really allowed for some of that quietness to come in. And so what I'm seeing as a spiritual mentor is that a lot of people are coming and they're saying, "Oh my god, I'm getting this and I'm getting this and now I don't know what to do with this information." <laughs> and so now this we're moving into that next phase, but if people could just be still and listen in. I think that this story is such a testament to the power of that listening, to quieting the the mind, to quieting what's happening around you in your environment as well, and creating that space in which you can receive that divine information. So I think that's brilliant. You also said something else really profound that I really loved. And it was before you even live one day, God already knows how many days you're going to live. It was something to that effect. I butchered the quote, but you get the idea. And I think that's really powerful as well, because I think we do tend to, get kind of wrapped up in the fear. Would you agree with that, Jennifer, that like fear is such a, I mean, you even had your ego mind fear coming in. Oh my God, I got all this stuff to do and I got to meet the deadline. And that's fear, right? And so fear is one of those pieces that can get really noisy. And it's what distracts us from the divine information from God or spirit, whatever it is that's trying to get through. So do you have any tips for anyone around fear? Because even you going through a trauma experience and losing all those people that you love too, like, did you have any fear about going into work after that or fear of losing people that you loved or cared about? Did that come up for you at all?
1: Well, it didn't for me. And I was, I'm just very fortunate. I'm so fortunate that a lot of those emotional things did not hit me the same way they hit other people. Obviously, I had my own grief. I had my own path to follow. So let me back up one second and I'll answer that. My godmother told me one day, and she's probably, she's still alive. She's probably one of the strongest Christian women you'll ever know and the most loving, kind, anything positive you can say about Christianity, she embodies. And she said, I just want you to know when God talks to you, it may not make any sense but it's gentle and it's kind. Yeah. If Satan talks to you, it's scary. So if you ever get a message that's scary, just know it is not from above. It is not. And she was doing laundry and she had lived in Ohio and had a basement and was doing laundry in the basement. And all of a sudden it was the whole house can burn down and you will be fine. And she thought, that is the craziest thing I have ever thought. Like, where did that come from? (sighs) Fast forward a couple months, she and her husband are out of town. Their son was a senior in high school, so he stayed home going to school. She gets a call in the middle of the night from the neighbor across the street, and he says, your house burnt to the ground, but your son is fine. (laughs) And she went, wait, what? What? And he said, our dog started barking in the night, which it never happens." I got up to see what was happening. Your house was engulfed, but we got Chris out. He's fine. And she said, we're headed. They drove from Ohio to Idaho because we're headed home first thing in the morning. Wow. They rebuilt the whole house. They replaced everything. And she just knew God knew something was wrong with that house and it was going to burn to the ground but then it would be okay. And she was okay. So for a number of years, I carried that with me. Yeah. It might be a crazy message, but if it's not scary, it's okay. I love it. So I met my girlfriend's house and we had worked together for a number of years and she's very traumatized by the bombing. She wasn't there either. It seems like a lot of the people who weren't there we more traumatized than the people who survived it physically mm. in the moment. And she said, I'm scared of strangers. I see a moving truck and I'm scared and I just can't leave the house. Mm. And I can be very blunt. <laughs> I said, that's <laughs> the biggest crock of crap I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> strangers came to our rescue. Strangers came from all over the state, all over the country to try to find survivors, to get the deceased people back to their families, drive the cars out of the parking cars. I mean, like strangers came and helped us and our friends. So I don't know why you'd be scared of a stranger. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because again, I can be critical. That's stupid. Moving van, how many times have you moved? And she was like, Well, a lot. And I said, And what did we move in? A moving van. <laughs> Just because. Two idiots and how many others behind the scenes that we'll never know. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I don't even care. They rented a truck. They filled it full of fertilizer and fuel and drove it up and they did that. Okay. That's one moving van used for evil compared to how many thousands used for good. So I think on the fear point, We hear of one bad thing and assume it's always going to be
0: bad. Yeah. Aren't we so good at doing that? We have this bad experience. And then so we decide that the next experience that's going to be like that is going to be bad too. Right. And so then we set ourselves up almost for this decline of (laughs) things to happen. It's like waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, that saying where it's like, Oh, everything is so great, but things are going to get really crappy soon because they always do. Right. And so we have this way of thinking about life, don't we? I love that you brought that up because I think that's something to shake up a little bit in our thought process.
1: Yeah, I mean, who says it's going to get worse? And I remember having a conversation with you, gosh, I don't know how many months ago. I was not getting COVID. End of story. I'm not. I reject this. I wash my hands. I wear a mask where I have to. I'm not getting COVID. And last year, Thanksgiving in America is the end of November. And I got COVID and I was very sick. I never went to the hospital, but like, I hurt so bad. I couldn't get off the couch. I ran a fever for days. It was terrible. I never want to experience that again. Thankfully, I didn't go to the hospital. Thankfully, it wasn't in my lungs. And I remember telling you, this is ridiculous because I was never going to get COVID. Like, (laughs) brush that off. I am not doing it. And you said just think how sick you could have been if you lived in fear that you were going to get it because you could have ended up in the hospital and on a ventilator and dead and, and
0: yes. it's, I had
1: just so vehemently rejected it. Obviously I was exposed and I caught it, but it was not nearly as bad as it could have been. So I, am too trusting. I have a personality profile test that says that (laughs) I am entirely too trusting of people. I assume you have my best interests at heart. And when you don't, I'm a little bit heartbroken about that or a lot bit depending on the circumstances. But I, you know, like I am not a fear-based person and I refuse to live that way and I'm not gonna. And I've gotten real judgmental about people who are and just tell them flat out. I don't even want to hear that. I offended a girlfriend because she told me how Satan had taken over the world and was winning. And I was like, I'll never win. I don't even know why you're saying that. And I can't even hear those words. And she got all but hurt and pissed off. But I can't even hear it anymore because the world is a great place. It's a magical place. So much more to learn. So much more to explore. Do I have bad days? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do things not always go my way? Probably more often than I want to admit, but I'm happy living in my optimistic bubble of, you know, somebody said something about what would you ever do if there were another bombing you were involved in? And I said, I don't have to worry about that because it will never happen to me again. I know as
0: if I know I'm going to take my next breath. I will never have to live through that again. I want to commend you on this idea, this concept that you believe that everyone has your best interest at heart, because to be honest, I would much rather have that perspective on life (laughs) that everyone always has my back. Everyone is always meant to help me, to support me, to love me. And yes, it bites us sometimes, but I'd way rather to have that thought and that belief than to have one that everyone's out to get me. Because if I have the one that's everyone out to get me, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be living at all, right? What you focus on, you get more of. If there everybody's out to get you, they're coming this, in droves. This is exactly the point here because, Jennifer, I think that, again, we allow the fear to create the narrative and we, we allow it to control us. But the truth is, it's that that's our ego mind. The ego mind doesn't rule the roost, does it? We have control over that ego mind. And so we have a lot more power over that. So I, I want to allow it to be part of the message today for the listeners, for them to recognize that they have the power to shift that thinking and they can choose if they want to choose to focus on negativity and things going sideways and when the next bad thing is going to happen. So be it, but they're going to miss out. They're going to miss out on joy. They're going to miss out on being present. They're going to miss out on so much because of that. So that is not to, induce any type of fear in people to say oh my god if I don't get rid of fear I'm in big trouble it's a practice people and I still have to work on that I'm not free of fear Jennifer (laughs) Jennifer's a little bit more free of fear than I am even she's just one of those like warrior goddesses right nonetheless nonetheless (laughs) though, fear is going to come up the point is how we respond to the fear And I do believe that if we can look at fear as a gateway of possibility, ooh, what's on the other side of that? That's scary to me. But what could that look like? Or if I change how I look at this, how does it change everything? And so that's an invitation. And you also said something else that was really profound. And I want to just highlight that before we wrap up today. When you were talking about your grandmother, she says, God always speaks gently And with grace, something like that. Again, butchering your quotes, but nonetheless, there is something to be said about that. And so, oftentimes, I'm sure you have this in your coaching practice as well, Jennifer. You know, where people come and they're like, "Oh, I just like, you know, I don't know how to tell whether it's my ego mind or whether it's my intuition. What's actually speaking to me here?" And I think that what you shared today was really powerful because it's an indication of what is speaking what? And so when something comes in with graceful and joy of guidance and navigation and telling us something that we need to look at, it's not supposed to be fear-based. It's not supposed to be angry. It's supposed to be gentle and kind and loving. And so that is a bit of a tip for everyone listening today. If you're really struggling between, okay, is that my ego talking? Is that someone else talking? Is that intuition talking? When spirit, when God works for us, it's gentle and it's kind. And it will definitely lead us down the right path. So Jennifer, I want to give you a chance for any last words of wisdom to share with everyone today. And if you would let them know how to reach you as well, as you've heard in her bio, she does have incredible programs around leadership and is a wonderful coach. So Jennifer, last words of wisdom and how they can reach you if they want to find you.
1: Well, I love what you said about we have a choice and we can wake up every day. And when we stub our toe, we can tell ourselves that's the way my whole day is going to go. And you will literally create a whole day of running into traffic, spilling coffee on your blouse, being late to a meeting, the computer goes down. You literally create that. Yeah. Or you can stub your toe and say, oh, thank goodness I got that out of the way. It's going to be a great day <laughs> and move on. And so it's our choice how we want to do things. My website is TakagiConsulting.com and it is being upgraded right now. It should be ready by the time this airs for the world. So there should be links to be able to schedule a um, discovery call with me, see what you're doing, what I have to offer, if there's a fit there. I do Akashic greetings. I have kind of bundled together Akashic greetings with some heart healing and some Reiki. And so it's kind of a fun little session to put it all together. And, you know, you can't break it all down like exactly what's going to happen because everybody has different stuff in their life. But my biggest invitation to people is be open to the possibility of
0: the good in the world. Yes, be open to the possibility of the good in the world. So that was just so brilliant, Jennifer. You are such a great speaker and you bring such life and energy to all your talks that you do. So we will have to do this again. So folks, again, TakagiConsulting.com and that is T-A-K-A-G-I Consulting.com. Go and check that out if you feel called today. Uh, take advantage of Jennifer's beautiful opportunity for you to uh, do a discovery call with her. And folks, we will see you again next time and hear from you again next time on our next episode of When Spirit Calls. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. Bye for now, everyone. Bye bye. So happy you could join us today and we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.